Hey, Goodleaf. I'm working on the Mothman report. How many crossbow bolts did you fire last night? I don't know. Maybe two or three? <sighs> Goodleaf, we talked about this. All ammunition needs to be tracked and accounted I know, I know. I'm just messing with you. It was two. I bet those guilders don't have to file paperwork after their adventures. Say, Char, what did you think of them? Oh, the Golden Tree? Definitely an interesting group. That Carter was made of a lot sterner stuff than I gave her credit for. And Selv, what a finale. We're not alone, but you are. Oh, a real showman he was. Say, Goodleaf, last night when you said you were thinking of joining their guild, were you serious? Mm, nah. You and me, we're partners. A hero and a sidekick. You can't possibly finish the story without me. Yes, you're right. Now, did you remember to get the victim's address? Uh, you know, I think I'm going to go down to Torts and Ports. You want anything? Everybody. Hi, Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Reckless Attack, a fifth edition actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I am Nathan. I'm the Dungeon Master here this evening. As per usual, I am joined here with the excellent, the star-studded cast of our fantastic fifth edition actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And seated at the table across from me here this evening is... Hi everyone, I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, who is processing a lot of things, I think. The <laughs> last couple, you know, we've had a lot of attacks, there's been a lot of people that's hurt, and he's really, he's really concerned about them, and he wants to make sure that everyone's okay. So, back to patrol tonight, I think. And across the table for me. Hi everybody, I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain. And she may never leave the library because this is the best place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> and she has a desk of doing that's saying a lot. Yes, exactly. And her and a library that she grew up in, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to derail the the introductions, but I noticed that you said Dungeons and Dragons actual play fifth edition podcast. Yes, the the wording was reversed. Mm-hmm. It what? was it was incorrect, and I I knew it. Jonathan, uh-huh. great news. Yes, you have unlocked the secrets. Ha! I did it. <laughs> you get inspiration <laughs> yeah nice great <laughs> excellent okay cool hi i'm jonathan and i play checkers the grung druid who has just received a bout of inspiration <laughs> as doing what? About, about of inspiration sounds awful yes it does it does actually <laughs> um and his trusty frog pals mango and junior and we're all having a lovely time at the guild hall after a Fairly uneventful night of patrol, I would say. Nothing really happened, I think. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, at least for you yeah. guys. Right, certainly. yeah. And uh, it, there are some stories to be told from Valeska and Self, but Checkers is just kind of hanging out, enjoying the night. Yeah, exactly. You guys have <laughs> you guys have debriefed and all that kind of stuff at this point, but... Yep. And across the table from me. Hello, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Self Esterlin, the dragonborn monk, who at this particular time is absolutely... And I'm going to use this word thrilled. Ooh. He is thrilled 
that the Mothman has been successfully and completely and utterly defeated wow. with, <laughs> with no bad um, outcomes, outcomes or anything. Or, yeah. Or anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We did it, One, guys. 100% done, complete, no real reason to patrol any no. other nights. The city guard has it. We're golden. Tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is one way to approach things. That is for certain. <laughs> We join our adventurers the morning after the latest Mothman attack where a dwarf who was, uh, where you guys saved a dwarf, rather, who was being attacked and had been attacked, you assume, for some amount of time before at least half of the group who was there with another pair of stalwart town guards, members of the Red Guard, exemplary members of the, the SVU. Bravest. Exactly. I think in most powerful and probably handsome. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, we're there joining in on the fun. In fact, you guys even spent some time with the victim just talking to him a little bit. And now it is the next morning and you have kind of emerged from your rooms. You have started talking through your day, through a couple of, hey, here's some things that we want to do both for the guild, for ourselves, and to further our knowledge of these these ongoing attacks. We have detailed a few plans, but I think we know what the most important thing that's happening is and that is the entry of Valeska Carter <laughs> into the Red City's library. This this is actually like a momentous occasion yes. in Agmar's timeline <laughs> that will be this documented is... by historians. <laughs> the, the, this the... is Val's spawn point. Yeah. 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 Yes. The, yeah. the clouds part and the golden ray of sunshine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like we can pinpoint exactly when Agmar's like information age. Yeah. Started. This is the golden age. This is the enlightenment. It's it, this is the equivalent of, of them plugging in that IBM supercomputer or whatever yeah. for the first time. Yeah. But Valesk Carter enters into the grand library of the red city of Agmar. There is a almost surreal amount of shelving going on. You can't quite tell if it is one of those spaces that is actually bigger on the inside than it appears on the outside, or if it is just expertly organized as if Marie Kondo, fantasy Marie Kondo herself, was in here ensuring everything fit together perfectly. The whole library sparks joy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm really getting yes. some like interstellar vibes, like at the very yeah. end where it's just library. Yes, exactly. Um, it's that, but real. And not symbolism <laughs> about uh, your life and your child's relationship, whatever. Um, you can even see from here, there are hallways to different areas, different sections, maybe even different wings of the library. But most notably in front of you, finishing up with a patron, you assume, is a creature sitting at the desk. And I described it, I believe, as just a kind of, not even a whir of arms, but just a creature with an amount of arms that are constantly in swirling, graceful motion you see a what appears to be some sort of an arachnid person sitting at a circular desk right in the kind of front lobby of the Agmar library. Each of their clawed hands are grasping stamps that are, you know, opening, closing, stamping books, refiling, are doing anything that a team of librarians could do except in one entity. And you see several of its eight eyes turn towards you and say, hello, welcome to the Agmar Library. How can I help you today? Val is 
having the bell walks into the beast's library moment yeah. where like she might burst into song who knows but she knows she can't it's a library not yet she has to be a member at least at first well you gotta be quiet you that's know, true no that's songs true. so she will walk forward and like take a minute to collect herself and just say um hi i am new to agmar and i would like to be spend a lot of time here is there what do i fill out for a library card well, welcome. Are you or are you? Did you come in in the ca- uh, the uh, caravan that came through a couple days ago? Yeah, I did. I'm actually part of the Golden Tree Guild. Hi, I'm Val. Good to meet you, Val. And all at once, as this is all happening, one arm reaches for a stack of papers behind the creature. Another arm reaches out for a quill in a different spot behind the creature, and then another arm extends forward to offer you a handshake as it also is moving all of these things all at once towards you while also doing everything else <laughs> to the point where you're not even sure if it's eight arms. It is just some amount There's of arms. It's just like a weird whir and blur it, it, of motion kind of, of, in a 360 around it. Exactly. I love it. But extends its hand and says, well, it's so good to he- good to have you. We're always looking for more more people. And you say you're, you're a gilder, right? Yes, of the Golden Tree Guild. I'm actually here on guild business for research. Well, that is wonderful news. And again, passes you this piece of paper that you can tell is you would know. You probably have read a book that had a breakdown of, like, library membership documents throughout the world yeah. kind of things. And, it, you know, you, you, your keen eye knows, ah, mm-hmm. this, is, this is what I need. Oh, and I just, uh, I just I heard the, oh, you're a gilder. And then it's like, okay, so that tax on how many fees and, <laughs> and what kind of insurance do I have to buy? And uh, Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, Steve. Uh, she says, well, we uh, we actually, we really love gilders, actually. It's very exciting. You see, the Agmar Library is one of the biggest and brightest in this side of the continent. And we have all sorts of old tomes and new tomes. And, well, we have a section that well, it's off limits right now, but we have all kinds of, of histories and all kinds of documents, but we're always looking for more. The Pentarchy was a little uh, stingy in terms of what things did and did not make it into the official shelves uh, for public consumption. So, you know, if you on any of your guild business ever come across any rare books, any interesting books or documents or maps or what have you, you could come and we will absolutely make a perfect magical recreation of it to keep in our stores and that would really do us a lot of good oh that is very good to know uh i'm actually of the illustrious atheum so i don't say yeah and val like kind of like shows a shield (laughs) (laughs) that is so interesting i can imagine that a lot of people here will be really interested to talk to you if you would ever like you know, not to pressure you, I'm sure you are here to do some research, but mm-hmm. I am sure that someone would be interested in having some sort of a lecture st- series or a guest a guest lecture from you to talk about your own experiences as in, in scholarship, in librarianship, what have you. Val starts to blush a little bit. <laughs> I, I love the idea of Val giving workshops or like interview lectures or something. Mm-hmm. Or a lecture series. Yeah. yeah. The Valeska mm-hmm. Carter lecture series. Uh, episode 25 is just all Val talking. <laughs> but Val says, I mean, that would be amazing. Sorry, I, I didn't catch your name. Oh, yeah. I am so sorry. That was very rude of me. My name is Andromeda. Andromeda. Very nice to meet you. I would definitely be very interested in that. I will probably be here all day. So on some research breaks, I'll come back over and we can chat about it. Or if there's somebody else I should talk to, too. And Val just starts kind of 
fast rambling a little bit in like a polite, nervous way. Yes. And there's no one behind you. So Andromeda is happy to, again, end while still being hyper 8,000% productive (laughs) in all directions and maybe through time and space, you're not sure, is happy to talk with you, but eventually would ask, oh, and um, what were you here researching here today? I'm happy to point you in the right direction, especially for a, uh, oh, yep, oh, thank you oh, so yeah. much, Here's and, and grabs Val your... will be talking and writing, because she's probably memorized nine-tenths of what she needs to fill out for this library. Right, right? exactly. It's all muscle memory at <laughs> yeah. this point. And, and says, oh, well, uh, let me just, as we're talking, I'll finish up your library card uh, just one moment, but mm-hmm. uh, in the meantime, is there anything that I can point you towards, either for your guild business or anything else that I might be able to help you with today? Yeah, the top priority for today is actually researching the Mothman. Hmm, okay. Aberration. Ah, ah, excellent, excellent. That helps a lot. I think, actually, I will point you directly to our aberration section in our library. Perfect. Did you have any particular titles that you were looking for? Not specifically. I have a lot of details on the creature that will, you know, point me in the right direction. But I'm sure if you point me to the specific section on aberrations, I can find my way. I'm looking for Mothman. How to delete. How to delete. (laughs) How to 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 defeat permanently. (laughs) Well, um, if you don't mind, Mm -hmm. um, I can. Let me run it through through our system really quick. Yeah. I'm looking for the moth, the myth, the legend. (laughs) (laughs) And you can see, again, as she's going, all of her arms are still whirling. And you can now see a small card that is being filled out and your visage being drawn expertly by (laughs) a spider hand. But she kind of spins in her chair just a little bit. And you see on a part of the desk that you maybe noticed but didn't really kind of pay any particular mind to Mm -hmm. is a a domed item Mm -hmm. that is underneath a... A sheet, we'll say. Sheet? Uh, A cloth. Oh, it has like a cloth cover. has a cloth cover. And she... Very just like nonchalantly removes the covering of this, and inside of it, you see a zombified head. What? What? Huh. That is staying on a pedestal. It is picture. It's very Futurama e for those who are mostly. I was turning to Steve because I knew that Steve <laughs> would start vibrating if I did not acknowledge uh, acknowledge that you took this from something. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just Steve. Come on, be cool. Um. And you see on a little plaque underneath, kind of on the base of this head, you see the name Melville Amherst. And this is a bald humanoid head, it seems like, just a human who has a kind of long goatee beard and is a little slack-jawed and has white eyes in a very typical, lightly rotted zombie way Mm -hmm. that also is, you know, not quite floating in gross fluid, but is is doused in gross fluid, if that makes sense. It's not quite formaldehyde, but fantasy formaldehyde. Mm -hmm. You see Andromeda flick a couple of switches on the back, inputting some sort of code you don't quite understand, then hits what appears to be almost like a service bell at the top (laughs) of this thing. You actually hear the service bell ding, and the eyes of this head light up with just like, incandescent light and it's already slack mouth opens a little bit wider and it begins listing off numbers that turn into a little ticker tape coming out the front at the end the lights go out and 
Andromeda rips this piece of paper off and hands it to you and is like, oh, here you go. Each of our books is numbered. It's, I'm sure, I mean, coming from a place like you do, our, our familiar will be able to figure it out very quickly. But here's a couple of titles that might be of, of assistance, at least to start getting you going. This is perfect. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, of course. And is there anything else that I can help you with here today? Not at the moment, but I'm sure I will be back to uh, try not to pester you with questions, but I will be asking a lot of questions. I am, I am here to help, and I'm here to make sure that you have the best library experience that you can. If there's nothing else, then two last things. First of all, there is a section that says spell books and relics. You will notice there is a lot of tape around that, and also there is a vault. Try not to go too close to that. I would, I would just recommend it's a little sa- safer that way. And otherwise, and she reaches over and slides you your library card to the Red City of Agmar. Val, like, walks up to the desk and very gingerly picks it up and just, like, looks at it. And this is, like, one of her most treasured possessions now. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day. And again... If you need any additional assistance, I'm here to help. And also, of course, there will be librarians in there who will be able to unlock any books for you. And, of course, some servants who will be there to refile any books that you need refiled. Thank you so much again. Yes, of course. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. And Val will start, uh, take her take her, type, t- take her tape and go find her books. Take her ticker, ticker tape? <laughs> ticker tape. I don't take, know. She's going to take her ticker tape. <laughs> um, what else would anyone like to do? Well, while, you're be, thinking, yeah. while you're thinking about it, Val takes her library card and puts it next to her illustrious Atheum library card in a very special pouch that has Ooh. slots for library cards. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Where it's like a Rolodex yeah. for library cards. <laughs> mm-hmm. I imagine it's it's like a like one of those wallets that just like have the fold a, out they have the fold out for your wallets, children, yeah. but it's just all of the library cards. <laughs> yes, my most treasured possessions, <laughs> my true family. Casquin yeah. actually does have a couple of errands that he wants to run. Yes, especially before we meet Alareth for noon today for our our luncheon. So last time he did visit the magic shop and wanted to find out a couple of alternative options or pr- present Alareth with perhaps uh, different doorways that he can use to get into the <laughs> guild hall, namely the door and not the wall. So I'm, I want to find out, did the shopkeeper, like, were they able to uh, find anything? And, and should I visit again? Okay, so what I think we should do is we should just assume that you already visited. Okay. And this, per- this shopkeeper, who you've already talked to, has told you oh yes let me i'll procure something come back in a uh however long it was until today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember exactly when so and today is the day that you were you were suggested hey I'll, I'll i'll have something for you stop by then okay his first stop of the day would be to the magic shop and see what the shopkeeper has for him so towards the nicer side of town one of the few and certainly one of the only even pseudo-reputable magic shops in Agmar would be the location that you are going to right now. You are walking for some time, and you eventually find your way to Izan's Scrollery and Magic Sundries. 
Kaskrin heads to Azan's and opens the door into this nice magic shop, and there's like a little a little bell that goes yes. off, signaling his <laughs> entrance. Exactly. So in this place, it is actually a very small front ra- front waiting room. It is absolutely jam packed, full of stuff. And as soon as you walk in, which is a sensation that is familiar to you because you have already walked in once before, there is a strange magical aura that like blasts you as you go through the front door. Azan would have told you that this was a simple, a simple security procedure that just is kind of a banishes all enchantments yeah. on your person. So a simple ninth level anti-magic field. Guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, if you have any magic items on you, it certainly doesn't mess with that. It just kind of takes care of anything on your, pro, you know, that you've cast on your, yourself. Your coin just blips out. Yeah. <laughs> My coin. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. And again, you see this place is, it's a re- very small front room, but there are shelves filled mostly with papers, scrolls, spell books, but with a handful of interesting interesting other sundries, we shall say. Again, of things that are like, ah, okay, that's that's a mace. Probably that's like a magic mace, I would imagine, but also it's like, well, there's a rock. Um, <laughs> hmm. Don't know what that rock is for. If it's here, it's probably magical. But again, it is absolutely chock full. Things are, are hanging from the ceilings and it is almost cramped. Like it feels like one of those old antique stores that has run out of room 15 years ago and hasn't sold anything since and only continued acquiring. Ah, okay, okay. I imagine Kaskrin... Remember, you break it, you buy it. Yeah, he's a little <laughs> you bit... You break it, it explodes and you <laughs> like... die and then you buy it. Like the, a bull in a china shop where maybe the, the first time he came here, he accidentally touched something or he was like, ooh, what does this rock do? And he has learned his lesson yeah. since and is now keeping his arms and his legs uh, inside the vehicle at all Good. times. I, I, li- I like to imagine that some of the stuff in here is just like decoy stuff with yeah. no, no magical value whatsoever. Yeah. Who's, who's to say? <laughs> Self, you have to go visit and find right. out to cast detect magic. Um, and then you see there's no one in there, but there is once again kind of a one of the classic... Not even service bells, but an actual bell that you would pick up and kind of ring for service. Yeah. So Kaskrin makes his way to the the cashier, to the front, to the the desk of the shop, and kind of pushes away a few tomes and a few books that have slid over to find the service bell and rings it. Azan, are you you in here? Ring, ring. And almost at the exact moment, as if Azan was waiting for the (laughs) bell to ring and was, was... just waiting for a dramatic entrance. From behind a purple curtain behind the desk, a man flings the curtain aside and steps forward and says, Ah, Kaskarin, hello! Azan, it's great to see you. I was so looking forward to your visit today. And Azan is there in actually pretty simple clothing, uh, which is belying what you know to be someone who's sitting on a lot of magical items. Uh, really, it is just kind of a almost nice peasant garb where wearing kind of a simple, simple vest, a nice white shirt and simple trousers, but wearing a very long, wide brimmed hat, but appears to be just a human man who is, again, stepping forward but very dramatically being like ah i knew i was hoping you would come by today i imagine kaskrin would have stopped by torts and ports on his way here to get azan a tort as like a, a gift and it's like ah it's so good to see you my friend he hands him the tort and shakes his hand what have you got for me today azan do you have anything related to 
what I had asked about last time. Uh, well, first of all, I'd like you to, to clo- close your eyes, please, Kaskrin. Close his eyes. I'd like you to turn one quarter to your left. Perfect. Open your eyes. He does so. Uh, and <laughs> sitting on a shelf is what appears to be a crystal ball that is just sitting there and inside has a single snowflake just rotating. He says, now this item, I think you'll be very interested in. It is a globe of snow. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. Azan, you're going to have, you're going to have to fill me in on some of the details here. Uh, well, it has snow in it. Ah, and, and, and is in the globe. I got that. Yes. You know, (laughs) I, I'm not exactly sure what it does yet. But I can assure you it is highly magical, and in the hands of a gilder such as yourself, I have no doubt would do wondrous things, or be at least a very nice conversational piece that I am willing to sell you for a real steal. Like, I'm practically giving it to you. We've only talked the once, but we share such a connection. I feel like (laughs) I can do this for you. Can I roll an insight check to see what Azan is, what, what is his angle? Because I, I imagine even the first time that I was here, I maybe picked up on a little something. Oh, yeah. Natural 20. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, of course, he's trying yes. to sell you yes. on something. Yes. Um, but he's not lying. It is magic. Yeah. <laughs> it is, whether it's highly magical. Azan, Azan, this is a wonderful powerful artifact that you have shown me and i am deeply grateful that you have let me into your your innermost precious wares but it is not what i need what i'm looking for is some way to strengthen the walls of the golden tree guild and prevent magical passage through them i don't know a lot about magic but i i'm not certain that this globe of snow is what I'm looking for. Oh, no, of, else? of course not. I, to solve that problem, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I meant I meant spiritually what you were looking for. Ah. But I, I understand. You You go home, you think about it at the guild headquarters. Don't worry. You talk to that, that, that beautiful little frog man, a friend of yours, and he might feel differently. Again, I'm imagining that, you, that, that somehow you have this, like, deep rapport where you yeah, just yeah, weird, yeah. No weird de- he knows weird details about you. And uh, and he says, well, okay, okay, to, to the problem... That I know brought you brought you here to my shop those couple of days ago. How? And and we talked about it a little bit, but just to just because I want to hear you say it again, re- just remind me how how much liquidity would you say you have in terms of what you can spend on a longer term versus shorter term solution? Ah, of course, yes, of course, I have. A few coins on, on my person, and I'll kind of like jingle my coin purse a little bit just to, to make a little sound. But as you know, the Golden Tree is an up-and-coming guild. And while our coffers are not currently flush with coin, in a few weeks, no, days, <laughs> we will be, the coin will be coming in in quantities you cannot even imagine. Your, I... your incredible brain cannot handle. I'm enjoying this charisma battle that's happening right now. And well, he, and I, is like, yeah, is returning the same energy. I was gonna say, I think, I think what yeah. I really appreciate already is that Kaskarin and Azan both 
they both get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. We're like they're yeah. just having fun yeah. with each other. This is, essentially, this is the dance. It's not a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they they like and obviously they're they are they know that yeah. they're there to win, but like they're appreciating having someone, yeah. especially especially with Casker. And I'd imagine being a town guard. This is this is a rapport, maybe not like this, but a rapport that that you would have encountered a version of before. Yeah. Where like Val teaches someone to their level, Kaskrin talks to them at yeah, their level. Yeah, he meets it. them, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash recklessattack, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show as well as our new Reckless to Snack series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So, here's, here's the, the short-term solution for you. The short-term, more affordable solution that'll get the job done enough For something longer. What I can sell you is, as you can see, I make and procure and purchase a wide array of different spells, sigils, runes, what have you. Any gestures to the literal bookshelves of just like scrolls and papers and scroll tubes and that kind of stuff. And he says, well, what I could happily give you is some runes that would act that you could serve as sort of a arcane wallpaper that would allow you to know when someone was a, was coming through your walls or approaching your walls. And at the very least, it would give you a heads up. Usually that's enough to deter most people, though I understand someone breaking into a guild headquarters might be made of a little sterner stuff. So if you want to go the more expensive option, I would understand. But this kind of alarm system would be a a nice settling in option for you. Hmm. Okay. I will have to talk to my dragonborn friend about this and see if if mere detection is enough. But 
Well, I mean, Kaskrin, I, I totally understand you're you're part of a partnership, but I guess what I can tell you is, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a lot going on in the streets of Agmar right now. There's attacks, there's, you know, there's crime, there's apparently tree people going through walls. I mean, any time that you are not protected and that your guild headquarters are not protected is a moment of vulnerability. And I, I don't mean anything by that, of course. You alone strike me as a capable gilder. And from what I have heard about the rest of the, the Golden Tree Guild, wow, I look forward to your futures. But take care of your present. Oh, of course, Adon. And I, and I only mean to say... I and we of the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild have the potential to be one of your most valued customers, I, Azan. Of course. Of course. I, hey, you all, no, and no let it, me stop you. You already be, are one of my most valued I appreciate customers. that. But wouldn't it be such a shame if we were not here tomorrow to purchase more of these incredible wares? But you, you see, just alarm wallpaper. It's not, you know, you know it's not going to be enough. I know it's not going to be enough. As an adventuring guild, we go off on many profitable adventures, Azan. Yes, of so course. So even, even in the days to come, we could be affording the long-term option. But why don't, why don't you tell me what it is? And we'll, I, I will see what I, can, what I can do, what I can negotiate with. Okay. All right. Nonwithstanding, I respect a point well made. I don't agree with all of it. But isn't that the way of things? Isn't, isn't that how this works? Isn't, yes. that how, isn't that the dance? I have two more options for you. I could soup up the arcane wallpaper so it's a little bit more of a, let's say, explosively dissuading (laughs) option um, that would, of course, of course, cause no property damage. Well, you know, that's not what I'm here about unless it is something I need to be here about. And I can provide that, too. But also, well... The the final option is a lot of arcane reinforcement that occurs over a period of time that there's no, unfortunately, no delicate way of putting this, that if you have to ask how much it is, might be out of your price range. I understand your need, your need mm, for security. Of course. We agree on your need for security, but there's only so much even to a friend like you, Kaskrin. A close friend. I feel like we're close friends. Can I call you my close oh, friend, Castron? Of course. That even to a close friend that I'm able to extend. But again, I can I can meet you halfway, or I can give you a discount. Maybe, if you'll give me an appropriate persuasion roll. <laughs> I'm so concerned for the explosive wallpaper right. option for when Checkers is yeah. on the roof and nobody told him about the explosive wallpaper. Because uh, Checkers yeah. missed just that meeting him drop of the down. Right. I'm, I'm just going to go right through this window here. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, just, or just drop down. Yeah, you know, that's easier. Crawls down the side. Just boom. <laughs> so there is a a coin that mentally flips in Kaskrin's head. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use the other option of the lucky coin to get advantage or disadvantage on this roll. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to say evens is advantage, odds is disadvantage. Hey, nice. nice. Yeah. Advantage. Okay. So I, two on a two. Oh, wait, we already did the two. No, it's yeah. too late. <laughs> We're, that's weeks ago. Sorry. Yes. So I have advantage on this persuasion roll. That is going to be a 19. Oh, wow. nice. And it looks like a good thing you had advantage on that <laughs> persuasion roll. <laughs> so Kaskrin takes out a couple of coins from his, his coin bag, and he takes uh, Azan's hand and slowly starts putting just whole gold pieces into his hand. 
Azan, Azan, I know that you can do me, your friend, a favor in these trying times, in these difficult, attack-ridden times. I would love to have some, as you said, explosive protection for the guild hall. I think that that is truly valuable and a short-term solution that will work for us both. But obviously, this is all the coin that I that I have as I as I keep putting coins into him. Well, can you you know why don't we why don't we come to some sort of arrangement? Well, okay, all right, I'll 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 cut you a deal. But it sounded like you needed to go back talk to your guild. Well, this this could be something that that I could do right now. We can make this happen. All right. So for your hall, as you as you explained to me last time. Based off of the number of walls that you have, based off of the kind of the square footage, and depending on if you want vertical or uh, the the Y axis protection plan mm-hmm. that we discussed as an add on option. Please tell me there's a brochure, like when you're picking out like a new deck. <laughs> uh, yeah, he has made you a yeah. brochure since you were there, actually, because uh, he knew you were coming back. And he's like, well, okay, so so with all of those, and these are, I will tell you again, these are one use only, but they are. They will stay until used, if of that course, makes sense. Of course. So here are your options, Kaskrin. And this, this again, this is friend discount, first of all. Of course, of course. Friend discount and transparently does not include installation. That is extra. We will do that for you. We will come to you. We will install it. Of course, happy to do so with expertise. For just your base level alarm, which I know you weren't interested in, but just, you know, just saying it out there, I'm going to say flat 500 gold pieces. And that is a full alarm system, essentially, for the guild hall. Now, again, if you're looking for a little bit more of on the aggressive side of things, the more, uh, we'll say, stronger deterrent, that's more in the, the 10 to 1200 range. I'd need to get out there to really, really scope it out and, and give you a proper estimate, but that's probably... What I feel comfortable telling you. Azan, my friend, you drive a hard bargain. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Thank you. I am going to have to talk to my guildmates about this because I, I personally uh, only have like five gold on me. <laughs> <laughs> How? Yeah. Well, it's not, I, don't, I don't like walk around with it. That's a lot, fair. That's a lot of gold, fair. you know. Uh, I will be back. Do not forget me in the intervening time, my friend. Roll me a charisma check. <laughs> 18. Who? Azan looks at you and you guys, you know, share that game recognized game yeah. vibe for a moment. He nods at you and he says, What I'll do as a considered an investment and a little way for you to sleep easier tonight. And he reaches under his table counter counter that's the word <laughs> reaches under his counter and hands you just slides you a folded up piece of paper okay i'm not going to open it yet classy i'm going to take the the piece of paper and put it in my pocket enjoy the tort azan i'll see you soon and he like kind of cheers you with the uh, the tort and takes a bite and uh you can see as soon as the as the door is kind of closing behind you steps back into no. the curtain now, what kind of discount can you give me for the antidote for what was in that tort? Casgrin <laughs> <laughs> would never. Also, you don't you don't fuck with the magic shop owner. Yeah. Like that's not the person you <laughs> yeah you, you do anything with. After he's gone a little bit a little ways outside, he is going to read the note. It is not a note. It is a spell scroll. 
ah. of a first-level sleep spell. Ah. He will keep that tucked in his back pocket in his inventory for later, and that will be it for right now. When Kaskrin gets back to the guild hall, he would find outside of the Golden Tree Guild Hall a surprising and maybe uncomfortable amount of hemp rope just piled out in front. <laughs> of, of the hall? Of the hall, yes. <laughs> the hall. Yeah, bundles and bundles. And you would see checkers outside kind of fiddling with some of it, tying knots in various ropes. And you would realize, actually, on the way back from Azan's, as you were walking through the city of Agmar, you would see some of these, like, knotted ropes tied between buildings, where the space between them was maybe just a little bit too far for a certain frog to maybe jump. <laughs> Jackers is building his own Ewok village. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, hey, can you help me pick some of these up? I got a whole bunch of rope today. I can see that, Checkers. Uh, and he'll take like a, a big old like bundle of rope in both hands, and he's like, "What are, what are, I guess, what are we doing with these?" Oh, just go pile them on top of Mango Saddle. We're just set it out. Uh, okay. He's like quizzical, <laughs> but he like you know at the same time moves over to Mango and starts putting rope on top of the saddle. It's like, are you gonna fill me in on any of these, or what's all the rope for? checkers oh ah uh, well i'll tell you later <laughs> uh did you steal these ropes that is a secret that only checkers knows but yes <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah uh just for the listeners at home i'm keeping tally of all of, all of these things <laughs> this will definitely not come back to bite me at all to bite you to bite the one grung in the entire city of agmar <laughs> i'm sure no one will trace these crimes mm-hmm. back to you mm-hmm. But yeah, so Checkers is uh, kind of building a network of ropes that he can use to get around the city more quickly. So after yesterday, where he was going around and you know, getting things for the different gifts, and also on patrol, he realizes that some of these buildings are just too far apart to jump from safely or uh, easily. Yeah. So he's just tying ropes between places just to make things a little bit more straightforward for himself and Mango. But that's basically what Checkers spends his day doing. <laughs> so just wanted to put that out there. Fantastic. Excellent. Uh, well, first... I'm going back to you, Sophie, and Val. I'm just going to say you've now been in the library for some time, and I don't know what kind of ideas you had for the illustrious Atheum, what sort of features that this has, but at minimum, you can safely say that this library lives up to its billing as one of the greatest in the world. These shelves are gigantic. Every single book has a almost like a padlock and chain that chains it to the shelves themselves. And you actually have to flag down an attendant who is always on the prowl kind of in the section to unlock a book for you. But other than that, it is very well organized. It's very convenient. It has, you can see every once in a while, a stack of books just floats by and in you might even know that as unseen servants mm-hmm. just return books and will even return books for you if you are there and a librarian would would give you a command word to summon one to come and take your awesome. books away and it, they will refile it for you sophie what i would like for you to do is to roll me some sort of check so as to represent the totality of your research while Val is researching, because I want to do very well in this role. Seems good. She will cast Enhance Ability. Smart. And use Fox's Cunning. 
has advantage on intelligence checks because Val will be rolling an investigation. Perfect. What I will do is I'll, I will also give you a bonus because of you working with a librarian and specifically the creepy head in a jar, Melville Amherst, <laughs> and also because of your kind of preparatory research and your sage or your, um, yeah. what was your background? Sage, sage background. Um, I'll give you an additional bonus to whatever you roll in addition to your advantage Sweet. that you cast on yourself. Ooh, cool. 18 on the die. Nice. And a 17 on the die. <laughs> so uh, with investigation, it's just a 20 total. A 20 total. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless I can insight books. <laughs> um, so with the good roll, with your advantage, with your bonus, I will just transparently tell you, you get all the information yes. that I have prepared. I roll, I had a very high DC. <laughs> <laughs> it was a DC 24 oh. to get all the information. And with that, you got it. Val is in her element. So what you find out, and this this takes a lot of time and effort and a lot of library expertise, essentially, because <laughs> you know where you need to go. But even with as much research experience as you have and as much experience as you have combing through like subtexts of books, right? And reading between the lines and combining little tidbits here and there. It takes a lot of your brain power to do this. Mm -hmm. First, you find other examples throughout history, and it goes by different names sometimes, but clearly a pattern. A creature appears across different forms, preys on victims, preying on their deepest phobias and fears and there is a disastrous event that occurs at the end for the most part it is just a cycle an observed cycle if that makes sense where this is just what happens but you find every once in a while an example of when an attack was thwarted and specifically a the story of a saint who actually attempted to stave this off, figured out what the event was going to be or figured out the timing and attempted to stop it. It was essentially a, a, it was a, it was a bridge collapse and they shut down everyone going across the bridge. Mm-hmm. But instead of stopping that, the attacks continued for weeks and the creature continued gaining strength the thing changed and morphed until eventually it was too strong and then an earthquake happened destroying all the bridges in the city and much more you also pick up that throughout these encounters there are hints as to what its target is going to be or what its disaster is going to be. You also find out that those who have been attacked by the Mothman are the ones who are able to interact with it. And those who are present at the event, the disaster, are the ones who can see it. And anyone who's not cannot see it. Finally, the fact that you learn is that based off of what you can tell this thing may have been summoned here 
And that is how it got into Agmar. And so you know that someone or something may have brought the Mothman into Agmar. Val is like sitting in silence, processing all of this information. Does she find a, any reference to how to stop it? So, because you rolled so high, you found an account where a small town was plagued by a Mothman. Or the Mothman. You're not sure if it is one entity or if it's a subcategory of creature. And they were able to successfully stop the Mothman during the crisis. Mm -hmm. Found it and managed to defeat it. And presumably saved the town. Mm -hmm. And then... Val would also look into, like, what would give hints away to the disaster. So she would, like, probably have a notebook out and be kind of compiling the data of, like, what the attacks were, what the fears were, like, Mm -hmm. just different columns of data, and then, like, what the disaster was and trying to, like, find how each individual attack would point to that disaster. First, always the people who were attacked would be present at the disaster. Second, sounds it made. Third, phobias that it invoked, oftentimes, were somehow related. You said that people who were present for the disaster were the ones who could see it. Yes. Obviously, there's a lot of people, especially in the caravan attack, who could not see the Mothman as it was actively on self and attacking you all. And some people just couldn't see it. And those are people who are not going to be present at whatever's happening. Oh, so people who will be present can see it. Correct. Oh. And people, and the people no. who could interact with it are. So the, interacted the, with it the, most. The people, the people who could do full damage are the ones who had basically been attacked by it. If I'm, uh, if I'm reading Nathan correctly, which, which means we, we have our, our, our paradox. Because if we gather everyone into a single location that could see it, then that's, that's the location. That's the, where the location of the disaster. And if we say don't, but we all randomly end up, then we won't know. So we could predict the location of the disaster by gathering everybody who could see it into one spot. I so that- know what the disaster where it's going to happen. So here's my theory on that because. Val is so smart, and I, I think we can chime in. We, we're okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, so my theory on what the disaster is, based Ooh, on... Actually, hold on to it for a moment. Okay. We'll have a discussion time for that, in character, in fact. So, this happens all in the morning, essentially. Again, yeah. you, you were able to get pointed in the right direction, and again, because you did so much pre-research, essentially, and rolled friggin' bananas, <laughs> you were able to get enough kind of actionable, like, Oh shit! People need to hear this yeah. <laughs> amounts of information before yeah, that, before lunch. That's where, that's where the camera that's tied in on yes. Val's face, and mm-hmm. she's just like, "Oh Val, no!" Yeah, and then Val just takes off. Says, "Well, no, she is a proper library resident. We'll say the command word at two thousand. Leave it. Get, oh, leave no. it better than you found it. Exactly. Steve. Exactly. And then we'll not run because there's no run in the library. 
power walk yes. her way <laughs> to the front desk, say goodbye to Andromeda, and just like, be safe, be well. And Hope then, you found everything you need. Thank you. And then once she is out of the library, full sprint back <laughs> to the guild hall. Now that the day has progressed and anyone who is out and about, I mean, I guess pretty much everyone but Selv, because Selv is, is there doing research, you guys all see decorations being put up. Mm-hmm. They are any number of things, of signs, of, you know, kind of just like decorative branches being wound up of columns, that sort of thing. All still very much in the beginning stages. There's no signs. There's nothing like that. But you see things start to be put up. Like decorations for a citywide festival. Indeed. <laughs> we just all have this like face of just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How could you do this? <laughs> so you all find your way back to the guild hall. Uh, not necessarily all at the same time. I think it stands to reason that Val would probably be the last one there. Maybe you guys have already even started grabbing lunch before some people go off to the medical center and you all go around, go about your business. And then Val returns. <laughs> Val, like, slams the door open, runs in, and is like, where are you, everybody? <laughs> As she's panting. <laughs> and I just fling my notebook yes. off the table. And Berga is gone, I think. She's off doing errands and that kind of stuff from your to-do list that you gave her. So it is just the four of you. Val, what's up? What's going on? Why is so sweaty? I was running. And then Val, in a panting... It's like, weird because she's panting, but she's also like not breathing, but is ex- fully explaining everything she just oh, learned in the library. So, um, uh, so Selv will kind of put up a hand and say, would it be easier to do mind to mind to one of us and then have us explain you seem a little uh, out of breath? Val doesn't stop when you put a hand up. She's still just <laughs> talking through it. Or not. But yeah, so Val will explain. And then everybody's going to die. that was a real cough just to be clear so yeah she lays it all out and then we'll bring up did you all see the garlands and decorations going up oh yeah the city i saw a whole bunch of them they're really getting busy with that i have not been outside yet there does seem to be some sort of preparations going on for a, a festival yes but what does that have to do with the Mothman? And Kaskrin doesn't have enough intelligence to put this together. <laughs> so this is, sorry, this is after you, you have explained everything. A, everything that you found at the library. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yes. Okay. Absolutely everything. I, Sophie, just don't want to repeat it all. No, 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 yep, no. that's correct. Good, and, and good we instinct. Were, we were all here for it. You get it. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the dwarf had a fear of being absolutely alone in wide open spaces. Which does, I don't know, Self, how that pairs with yours. <laughs> I just don't get it. They're contradictory a little bit. The librarian had the fear of the dark. The merchant had... The fear of being disemboweled. Okay. What, is that the actual fear? So it, wasn't, it was not made explicitly clear to you. So the manifestation of it was being disemboweled. Whether that was symbolism, whether that was a literal fear, Alarith didn't actually, he specifically was cagey about it. Ah. Whether or not he would not be cagey, you would have to talk to him, but you don't really know the deep details of it, if that makes sense. You just know kind of the experience. Okay. And you know the one who was attacked outside of your guild headquarters. 
He was also the goth, the goth yeah. moth. I can pair some of them together, mm-hmm. but not all. But that so, <clears throat> self, dwarf, oh, merchant, no. librarian, and Edward. That's five. <clears throat> Why are you oh knowing? Salve, you're so, scaring uh, me a Selv, little bit. Salve actually goes to the map of the city that he has yeah. where we had been plotting the attacks. Yeah. Salve will put the map, uh, the map down and actually just point to actually all three of you and say, you've been out more than I have. Where are the three tallest buildings in the city? The Ruby Citadel has a number of spires, one of which could be the tallest. Ruby Citadel is easily the, it's, it's, it's also kind of up on a hill. Like yeah. you could see it over the walls of Agmar, like mm-hmm. that's how looming it is over everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it's pretty much, I'll just tell you, you guys mm-hmm. would know that even even the kind of grandest estates are no more than probably three stories. Sure. And then there is things like the church, the museum, some of the other museum square buildings are also fairly tall. Oh. You know, because I will just give this to you. I won't even let you roll. I need you to roll because Checkers has like very explicitly (laughs) told us literally that's just what he was doing. Easily for you, the things that you see that are easily the tallest other than sort of the Ruby Citadel are Uh the bell towers. The different bell towers in the city. The ones that are magically like uh, gonging or bell sounding. A building (gasps) Oh my God, the freaking, the, the... Moth, and this is Val, like trying to catch her breath and have her mouth catch up to her brain. This bell sound from last night that hit us and pushed us against the walls. The sounds the creature makes are also hints to the disaster. I think one of those bell towers is going to collapse. People would be falling. They would be caught and trapped under rubble. Their friends would be dying. Just then... You hear a knocking at your front door. Val like runs to the hallway, <laughs> uh, opens the door. I was gonna say, <laughs> just stares at the doorway. Everyone like a Do horror we have movie. To look. Yeah, I, uh, that seems like something a, a guild headquarters would have. You don't a, want to just sort of, open yeah, the door. Exactly. We'll just like peek through like the window next to the door and just, like, open the line. <laughs> yeah, that you see the curtains yeah, open up. Yeah. Um, Who is it? We don't Val, want to uh, as you go up on your tippy toes, I'd imagine <laughs> to reach. There's like a little fold down, perfect, um, like step like stool, step basically. On, that, like yeah, it's yeah, attached and, to the door. And, and for and... any gnomes or halflings yeah. that are mm-hmm. part of the guild, you see a middle-aged woman who has a very dark complexion and is wearing what appears to be pretty run-of-the-mill, like red guard armor. And that sort of thing. Perfect. Val pulls open the door. She doesn't need any more confirmation <laughs> than that. This woman kind of looks in a little bit startled surprise because imagine there was kind of an energy. Oh, like <laughs> threw open the door yeah. and is like, praise the 12. <laughs> uh, and this person looks down at you and then kind of looks around the headquarters. And I don't know if anyone else has like come forward yet or not, but either way. Well, I, uh, yeah, I imagine I, we're all like huddled around this map that you can like kind of. Visible. Yeah, I, I kind of imagine that we're that the way that Val came in and started yelling, we were actually kind of in the the foyer yeah. meeting area oh yeah cool. like so so probably the door opens that makes sense val's right there but whoever's at the door could probably see, see the in rest and of see us. everyone yeah. and kaskrin this is someone you recognize okay from your dossier work over the last day or so ah okay this is vina calvetta head prefect of the red guard who looks at all of you and says 
unless I'm interrupting something, the city has a problem. And it's not the problem you think. And that's where we'll end it this week, everybody. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks uh, for playing, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.